something and, wrong with the car or no so so um because i'm in a wheelchair i need extra space to get in uh-huh. And, okay. so, and so I always park next to the no parking zones because then I have like the extra space just in case I need yeah. it. And somebody parked on a diagonal in the no parking zone so that I could barely get my wheelchair through to like settle next to the car and I couldn't take it apart. There was no space to take it apart. Um, that was rude. It was very rude and I was very mad. Um, and I have to actually call the parking lot people because they've been par- parking in the no parking lot zone or the no parking zones a lot lately. Um, and it's pissing me off. So I'm just like, look, either ticket these people and get them towed or the alternative is make two uh, accessible spaces. Those are your options. Cause I need to park and be able to get into my car after I park there. Um, it's kind of a, a, a non negotiable thing. And then it ended no. with a near-death experience, which was no, fun. Let's, let's not do that. Yeah, uh, a bee landed on me, um, and I'm not. I have a, a histamine issue, so most things that are allergies are allergies for me. I carry two epipens on me and everything, um, and um, so I'm like freaking out. And thankfully, the bee was drunk, so I like straightened my shirt. The bee just fell off and started crawling around. Well, that's good. Like trying to fly and not really being able to. It's always fun when bees drink fermented uh, fruit pollen. It's like they're mm. happy when they do that. They're amazingly happy, but it's just like you're 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 drunk. Go home, bee. You're drunk. Go home, bee. You're drunk. And you're yeah. so drunk that you can't fly home. It's just like okay, you're just That's gonna bad. stay in the shade of my car until you're sober, and then go go home. <laughs> hello Trisha, thank you for joining us Hello, hello We are going to um, start quickly And try to stay on topic <laughs> And end at uh, 10 So in an hour and a half or so So that people can get to bed on a reasonable time Okay So that's the plan Okay. And today's the first day the chicks have been outside So I have to be able to get Aww. out there and help mom cover them at a reasonable time as well. So, Kat, would you like to introduce it since it's your pick? For Friday, July 20th, this is episode 267 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Welcome to season nine of Potterfic Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start quickly and try to stay on topic. Well, it's because they won't let me have an explosive repair with snake and it pisses me off. Sex and snork eggs. We can't rock it like we used to. <laughs> Most of us are going to bring a hit. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Wait, so they've turned Snape into the chef from The Little Mermaid? You just can't say that to the Dark Lord. <laughs> but I digress. Us digress never. <laughs> no, never, never. Chickens with Sue Hour. <laughs> My mom went to Hawaii and all she brought me was a stupid chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it just. Yeah, it's called. <laughs> Good night, guys. I'm already fall asleep. I think I did at one point. Mr. Potter, what are you doing at the Wizengamot? Holy shit, did I fall asleep through the whole fucking thing almost? (laughs) Apparently. That is going in an intro, too, please. 
Where the hosts are all our friends Somehow the tangents seem to blend Come on our journey round the bend Part of it weekly Where the story never ends I'm so excited! Um, so the fic for the next set of weeks is called Realizations by Wish Weaver. Um, it is essentially, it was written after the fourth book, Goblet of Fire, um, which is kind of shocking because she does pick up on a couple of things. Um, but uh, it's basically what if Dumbledore wrote home to the Dursleys um, telling them about what happened at the end of Harry's fourth year and the Dursleys panic. So it's essentially like the what if of, of that whole thing and, and what could happen if Harry was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And we have to introduce ourselves or Bob will show up spectrally and annoy us. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Kat. <laughs> I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. Ah, yes. No <laughs> Craig does things in separate tracks, so we can just move it around. I can move it. No worries. But we <laughs> are missing somebody, I think. Yep, and I'm Mooney. And there I can't find my notes. And Mooney notes? sounds a little bollock. Yeah, she's, she was really bad last week, too, or the last time we did this, too. And I can't edit it out because it only comes in when you talk, Mooney. Oh. Sorry. So doesn't it come in, in different tracks so you can edit her track? Her track is perfectly fine unless she talks. And I can't edit it out oh, of the talking without ruining sucks. the talking. It sounds like she has Daltone. You know how, you know, not Daltone, but you know when you, like the old rotary phones, it goes, that's what it sounds like. Are you on headphones, Money? Yep. Have you tried different headphones? Not uh, do I actually have I'm just saying next week. Next next time you can always yeah. try different headphones. Someone might need to remind me to go look for them. Okay. Okay. Hey Mooney. What? Look for headphones. <laughs> I knew that was gonna You're happen. You're so clever. <laughs> but oh, you guys are bad. So anyway, to begin the well, someone remind me to remind me later. I really want to be talking about this because this is my favorite pick. In the entire universe, which, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kat, you're going to hate me. <laughs> okay, man, you're it's okay, Mooney's not too. thrilled with it either. It's okay. I don't care. I love this <laughs> fic. I love this fic to death. And I'm not. <laughs> nobody okay, can, 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 we, can we say that I'm not the opposite? <laughs> you hate this fic? <laughs> I fucking I have you read it all, or have you just read the chapters for this week? Um, I went beyond the chapters, and I'm just frustrated with everybody. <laughs> because it's got a really... Wait a minute. Never mind. This isn't the one I'm thinking of. What? Never mind. <laughs> she goes... Oh, Susan's on the wrong fic. <laughs> I'm on the wrong fic. I was going to say it has a really strong snake presence, but that's another It does one. not. It has no <laughs> snake <laughs> presence. I was oh, like, wait a minute. There's the wrong one. There, there is some Snape, but he's an asshole. Yeah. Well, that's but fine. It, it I'm perfectly fine with goes. that. There is, there, the, so the thing is, Trisha, you've got to keep in mind, this is summer, so Snape is not going to be in there much. 
Well, that's okay. No, I no that's understand. fine. I just was mixing it up with a different one. Yeah. That's but okay. uh, anyway, so um, it's end of fourth year, um, and basically it starts with Harry uh, giving the twins his Triwizard winnings. Mm-hmm. So, the, so from what I understand, they are com- the author completely ignored the because of this whole because of this whole thing. So, the, Remus and wait, no, is that the fifth book? Is that the fifth That's book? Fifth when they book. Can, okay, never freaking ask. This mine. Is the, so, this is the other thing that a lot of people are going to get frustrated by. There's a lot of stuff that happened in five, six, and seven that is not going to be at all hinted at. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, but for some reason I was thinking... It was published in 2003. I mean, yeah. There was tons of stuff that, like, you know, nobody had any clue that was going to happen. Okay, I digress. I'm sorry. Before inviting Craig in and decided to keep for the podcast is this (laughs) kind of, um, in a lot of ways, it runs into looking like cliche because so many fics have been written since it was written that it's become a cliche when it wasn't when this happened. Yep. But when, when, when Scott and I, Scott and I read this as it was being published when it back, back when, you know, it was published regularly and all of this. And I think that's part of the reason why Scott and I love it so much is because a lot of this stuff was, it was the first time any author had done this well. Um, so mm-hmm. it was just kind of like one of those wa- wanting to keep watching the author write because this is, it was fascinating that like this author had come up with this idea and then everybody copied the author afterwards. So yeah, there's going to be a little bit of people going like, you know, well, you know, I've sp- read 50 million pics of this and it's just like, no, because they copied off of this author. <laughs> was it really mm-hmm. people copying off of them or just, it's some, some of each. Like, it could just be, yeah. like, these are things that were occurring to people at the time. Uh, yeah. The the big one that comes to mind for me, which may or may not be in this week's chapters, depending on how far we get, is that Harry goes on a shopping trip and yes. gets clothes that fit. Yes, And yes. now we've read, like, 25 yes. fix where that happens because everybody's like, Harry needs clothes that fit. But yeah. at <laughs> this point, it wasn't a... Yeah. So this was yeah. one of the few, the first fix that did that. Okay. Um, and it was the only fix that I saw during this time that addressed Harry's glasses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the interesting, like, you know, spin for any, anyway, I, we shouldn't, we should discuss chapter by chapter instead of <laughs> the entire thing, because I will discuss the entire thing. Yes. So they, Harry gives the twins his money, and they uh, end up, they take the train back home, and Mrs. Weasley is waiting at the barrier with the, uh, doctor, the doctor's Granger. Just, doc, just the just, one Dr. Granger. His mom, Dr. Granger. And uh, while they're waiting for the Dursleys to show up, they kind of hang out and wait. She tells, Mrs. Weasley tells Harry that she thinks Dumbledore will let uh, Harry come later in the summer and hang out with them. And Harry's kind of being a little wistful and he's for the millionth time wondering what his life would have been if his parents had survived and wondering if he'd be an only child or have a huge brood like Ron or um, just kind of, you know, what would his parents meet him for the train, which of course they would. Uh, 
kind of a sad commentary on Harry's life that he's like wondering would his parents meet the Hogwarts Express? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's I was gonna people- say I was gonna give him I was gonna give him, uh, like I was hearing the violins and I'm like, well maybe he wants some cheese without wine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it as it's whining. I just see it as like, you know, when you have, when you live in a bad situation. I'm in, I'm in a, I have been in a very bad mood reading it. So my, my tolerance of people's whining. I I mean, yeah, it's like a very short fuse and I'm like, all right, because there was a couple of times I just had, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to skip this, skip this paragraph. Okay, good. Oh, I, uh, damn, he's still whining. Aww. I mean, yes. Harry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, respect. like I said, I apologize. Probably not, in the, probably not in the mm-hmm. best mind frame to read at that point. In time. Yeah. Think of it this way: there's less angst in this fic than there is in the actual fifth book. Yes. <laughs> and so, so, you know, all there's that in this entire thing, so it's just kind of like, well, that was easier than five. Yes, the- justifiable angst. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's the thing, the other is- thing for me is is. Your your family, the only family you have left who hates you, oh yeah, abandons you. Like yeah, you're gonna have some emotions about that. Oh, but the thing is, is I also as I was looking, I'm like, I was thinking of Harry being like Bobby. Harry is free. (laughs) 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 And that's what I was thinking. I'm like Harry, do the freaking happy dance there, buddy. I mean, so this is the thing is even. I, um, I have a, I come from a hard situation with my parents Mm -hmm. and I was abandoned by one of them. And, you know, no matter how horrible of an experience that you have with your family, they're your family. And, you know, they're the people that are always supposed to be there. So when they basically say, well, no, I don't love you. You know, I, 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 I don't want to spend, I'm, we're not even going to tell you that we're leaving. We're just going to leave. Like that's not a happy feeling, no matter how horrible they treat you. It's not a happy, I, I am totally behind Harry. That this is not a happy dance moment. Well, no, I no. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I know that. I mean, I went through it too, but as the parent of watching my child father totally completely leave and abandon him and then not even a year ago die and not and arc's never going to be able to know who he is yeah so i mean i i I know that um i guess it's for me my my coping um thing is with arc and teaching arc i go yeah you know what it sucks but there's sometimes you're allowed to feel sorry and it's okay to feel sorry, but the thing is, maybe it's probably, it sounds awful, but it's probably for the best. Yeah, I... And the thing but, is, sometimes you need to go, it wasn't, it wasn't me, it was their choice. That's, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think that both of us have de- very different experiences when when it yeah, comes yeah. to this. Um, being oh, I'm, I have a different, has different experiences <laughs> when it comes to yeah. this. Oh yeah. Um, I just I uh, mine's a different point. My my point of view is probably different. And yeah, if I'm I just probably saying, would talk to Ulrich, his point of view was com- yeah. pre- completely different. I'm just I'm just saying being on the from the point of view of having somebody 
who was my family point blank, tell me basically, I don't love you. I don't want to be your, you know, person anymore. Oh, it sucks. That sucks. Like, Oh, you don't don't, don't, like, I cried every day. I didn't, this person was not particularly in my, like engaged in my life. I still cried every day for three months. Like it was, it's just, it's one of those things. I, Harry's emotions when it comes to the Dursleys in this, I felt, I felt like Harry was angry for the wrong reason. Book five and JK Rowling might not have like got really gotten it um, where, why Harry should have been, angry and upset and, and frustrated. Harry's emotions in this book, I think fixed that for me. Okay. I mean, so that's also why, like, anyway, um, instead of arguing about this, um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, like I said, it's, it's just the different point of view. I mean, yeah. I wanted Harry to be more like, I mean, yeah, it's, is it good? Is that I have problems with the, the fix where the Dursleys leave Harry and Harry does a happy dance because that's not real. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not, that's not, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. It's not real. Believe me, when, when my ex-husband left, I, I cried for, I don't know for how long. And then, then after a while I did the happy dance. <laughs> yeah, we heard about your happy dance, Trisha. Uh, yes. I've done the happy dance. Anyway, so, um. The events that we've sort of referenced over this conversation is that Harry and the Grangers and the Weasleys hang out at the train station for a while, and eventually the Grangers have to go, and the Weasleys say, okay, well, we can wait a little bit longer, and they're about to get fed up and take Harry home with them, and Harry thinks, oh, I've spotted Uncle Vernon, there he is over there, and heads over, and it's not Uncle Vernon. Yes. Yes. Why does it not occur to anybody to phone them? Because they're wizards. Because they're wizards. But Harry and, and also there's Dr. The Granger. Yeah. It's also... I, well, exactly. I guess Harry would know the number. It's also, I, this was pre-cell phones, so if they were on the road... Well, don't they have, married, like, they like pay, phones. Would, um, pay phones? Yes, yes. So I'm, yeah. what I'm saying is Harry could call home, but the Dursleys presumably would be out to go pick up Harry. Mm-hmm. He actually so does that. Cell phones because it's nineteen. Yeah, he do, he he actually does call them. Um, he does. Did I miss it? Yeah, you missed yeah, it. He tries. Okay. Um, he doesn't get an yeah, answer, and he's like, "Oh, they must now. be on their way." Yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, the the um, the Grangers leave, but not um, before giving Harry their uh, her business card, and then. Um, a very subtle um, hint to what's going to happen is Harry keeps squinting and rubbing his eyes. Um, and nobody knows. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so basically, if this were a later fic, it would mean his eyesight is suddenly amazing because he's gone through magical puberty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, there you go. But no. <laughs> but no, it just means that he hasn't gotten an eye check in a while. <laughs> Thank God. Mm-hmm. Tell the also truth, I'm so glad it was not magical puberty. That's it was not. Say. <laughs> it was not magical pu- puberty. Instead, it was essentially um, okay. This yeah. this story went up a little bit, a little bit higher on the scale. Now <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> because at <laughs> least instead, Harry's mag- going through regular puberty, and if anybody with bad eyesight has ever gone through, well, anybody who. With bad eyesight, who's gone through puberty knows your eyesight changes wildly. Yes, yeah, so I just oh, got yeah. 
Are you kidding me? Like mine, I went from a negative. I, I only know my prescription because my eyesight's too bad to know my, my vision. I went from a negative five to a negative 12. Huh. Wow. Well, I think my eye issues were not genetic, so I don't think mine will change. Well, well so it's also, I've got, it's, I have a son right now who's going through puberty, and he just got glasses, and he just went back because he's doing some vision therapy stuff, and he just went back to the eye doctor. And she's like, well, if he's going to start driving, he needs stronger prescription. And yeah. I looked at her, and I'm like, I just got these probably less than six I know. months ago. I yeah. Know. So and I'm like, it's worse than a year. <laughs> I have a preschooler, Trisha. Um, my, yeah, his my, feet my... are ginormous. I mean, he's five, and I could fit in his shoes. Wow. Wow. To spare. Wow. His wow. Trisha going to be buying special shoes, I'm telling you. Trisha, I got new a new prescription every year from five until 22. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah, but that's, you know, six months. That's tough. Six months is tough, yeah. Yeah, it was easier. Because most insurance companies will pay. Well, most insurance companies pay every other year, I think. Mine never did. Mine refused to pay, even though my ophthalmologist was like, if she doesn't have these, she's going to, like, crash into walls. You damn well better get paid for her glasses. Nope. Nope. I think mine does every year. I don't know what mine is. I just got got new, new insurance, luckily enough. He got the old ones in the old insurance, so I now I got new insurance. That's very nice. Is it, well, <laughs> they won't know. There you yeah. go. <laughs> That's a good way yeah, to do I, it. I don't think your insurance company is listening to Butterfick Weekly right now. No, so it's not. Going. You don't have to whisper. <laughs> okay, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. And it's also, you know, you don't. They don't know that you're that, Trisha. <laughs> okay, that would be really yeah, funny if they were name, though. So. We you don't say last name. Anybody that you're from New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Trisha yeah. from New York. <laughs> so the, yeah. <clears throat> Mrs. Weasley finally gets fed up. Says, "All right, I'm taking Harry home with me." Um, something that I don't know if it's already happened or if we find out about it in a little bit. But Dumbledore has pulled Harry aside before he left school and said. I really need you to go to your family because if you go to the Weasleys, you could be endangering them. So you need to be with your family. And we know Harry, he's going to take that to heart. Yes, and, and he the whole time. Well, the thing is, he gave Dumbledore his word. And, and if there, there's anything we know about Harry, true to his word. <laughs> That's what wow. makes Harry sexy. What? That's what makes Harry sexy. Okay, then, if that does it for you. No, and the <laughs> other thing I wanted to know was... <laughs> Well, actually, we can talk about it next chapter. Never mind. Okay. So then Harry thinks he spots his uncle. Um, and so instead of being the responsible adult and waiting for Harry to confirm that it's his uncle, the Weasleys leave. Right. Yes. <laughs> I, found, I found that completely out of character. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I didn't. Are you kidding me? The Weasleys? Responsible adults when it comes to Harry. <laughs> well, and you know, he says thank you. It's really good of you to stay. She says, um, you know, would you like us to walk over with you? He's like, no, because he thinks his uncle's going to be mad. So he sort of chases him off. And yes, they should have stayed yes. um, to make sure. I mean, any responsible adult that drops a child off after a night of doing something. 
usually will sit there and make sure they get inside the door before they drive away. Yes, my son hates it when I do that. Hey, man, I do it for my girlfriends. (laughs) I do too. It's it's not an age thing. It's just a you know that's just common sense thing. Because the thing is, if there's somebody bad in the thing and you've already driven off, then you've screwed over the person that you love. So, so he gets over to Vernon, and as he approaches, he realizes that Vernon's remarkably composed when he should be steaming mad because he's late and you know of course something must have happened to make him late and he's you know got a newspaper under his arm he's reading it he's yeah burning reading yeah to harry and, and he's not burning and nope. it's not burning it's just like oh crap i haven't gotten my eyes checked in a really long time mm-hmm. yep yeah. and then we and move then- on from default chapter <laughs> which is actually called Arrival at King's Cross, but apparently yep. didn't get into fanfiction.net. Nope. <laughs> to Return to Privet Drive. And it's been another two hours. <laughs> yeah. So Harry's, so if, if let's, let's calculate this. So if they leave about 10 o'clock and it's like a six hour drive or, or uh, ride, like they yeah. get in by two. So they, it's been four hours. So it's 6 PM right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And this is where we get Harry has tried calling home and yep. uh, there was no answer. So he's like, ah, they must be on their way. And he's yeah. like, I really want to start reading my school books, but I can't because there are muggles. And, you know, he's, you would think that they the would, he's done all the things you do when you're waiting and bored. You would think that they would charm the books to make them appropriate in public. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> wizards don't go into muggle, the muggle world. Yeah. yeah, like they're they get on the train and stuff. Well, and only you, the Muggleborns do, and but it's the Wizarding world. No, no, no self-respecting wizard wants to be in the in the Muggle world. I never thought of the textbooks have moving part, like moving pictures in them. They never do. even they never even thought about that. Yeah, we know for sure that quality Quidditch uh, through the ages does. So I imagine and, and they probably would. have like diagrams and stuff. Yeah, wand hey, movements honest, and such. Yeah, this is the new. This is the new. Thing for me, I never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. A I should bald moment for Trisha. Yeah, I bet you could probably get away with some of them. I just sort of have boring leather covers, but as yeah. long as it's not the Monster Book of Monsters, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh don't want to bring that one up public. <laughs> as it's chewing on people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we get to the part where. Dumbledore has pulled him aside and told him that he could be a danger to people because he's waited for two hours and he's got the card from Dr. Granger. So he's thinking, I'm just going to call her and she can come and collect me. And then he realizes that. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's saying, well, I could do this, but he doesn't want to bother them. And like, he's tempted, but he promised Dumbledore and. Right. Stupid Dumbledore. He's a frustrated sigh and stuffs it back into his pocket. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's definitely trying to think of something and he's finally decided he's waited long enough. He gets off his trunk. He gets some emergency money after that. He's keeps just for, you know. I like, I like some of the description here, actually. Yeah. 
Dumbledore has made him promise not to get in touch with people unless it's an emergency. And the narration says, now most people being stuck at a strange station with no ride in sight might think this is an emergency. Harry has slightly <laughs> skewed ideas about emergencies. So no. Because well, all the dangerous his emergency is like that. He wasn't hurt, nothing was chasing him, and nobody was trying to kill him. Life was good. I'm I'm whole. I'm not bleeding. I'm good. Yep. It's you know, yeah. I'm I'm it, Harry is a very I can I can fend for myself type of boy because you know he's had as long as his life. he's had to his entire his entire life, you know, and you know, if he he can figure out, you know, he's he's nearly 15. He can figure out a train station. Mm-hmm. And he thinks at this point about going to the Leaky Cauldron, but then decides, nope, I promised I'd go to the Dursleys, so I'm going to go to the Dursleys, even if they don't want to come and get me. And but he also, gets he's a train sent, south. It's it's not a pro, it, it's not so much a promise as a promise, but he sent Hedwig on a head. Right. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. And he wants to make sure. I mean, he loves his owl. Um, and he really wants to make sure that he doesn't That's abandon thing her. And Do you I know how long she's, he's been waiting? How has Hedwig not back yet? Because he told Maybe her not. to go and wait for him, so that's what she's doing. Yep. I don't think, I mean, Hedwig's brain is probably not as big as, like, anybody's fist or anything like that. So, I mean, it's, she's very, very intelligent, but she's also an owl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, also, do owl, can owls tell time? I don't think so. Point. It's like a dog. Kind of. Kind of, but uh, you can't I, be like... I'm thinking of the, the owl, owl is... Lolly, the, all right, I'm old, people. But I'm thinking of the owl on the lollipop commercial, right? Yes. How well, many legs like, does it take? Okay. One, two, new, crunch. Two, it's two, kind two, of a time-related thing. Two, there's a difference between counting and being able to tell time. Oh, you're no fun. That's right. That's my middle name. Cat, I, I agree no with fun, that. No last name. <laughs> I agree with that. It could be like a dog. You know, yeah, you, no, you're it, gone away for two seconds, and they think, that, oh, my God, I've been gone forever. forever. <laughs> no, I, I really do think it's, it's you know, owls have a certain sense of direction and, you know, and as well as like point, they their magic is knowing where things are in the wizarding world. Um, or at least knowing where people are in the wizarding world. Right. Owls Except for Hedwig. Um, but wait, wait, as far as like human things, like telling time or doing, you know, math equations or and such, like I don't think owls could do that. Except for no figuring out all the licks on the all the, like pop. Hedwig is not a genius. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go look that commercial up for this. I love that commercial. That was one. Actually, I don't know if my because my recording stuff doesn't work anymore. So we'll have to see if if I can actually even do that. I bet it's on YouTube, and you can just download the audio. Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three, three. Three. Yeah. Three. So anyway, uh, Harry takes the local train, um, and it takes a really long time. It takes like another like hour because you know it's the local train, and and it seems like no matter where I live, the local train, it takes an hour to get anywhere. Like it, that's just like the standard of of 
public transportation, except in LA. Yeah. In LA, it takes two hours. Hmm. I was going to say here in New York, here in New York, it takes at least about a half hour. And thank God. So then he has thank to God so, Molly yeah, has so the charmed his trunks. The, yes, thank uh, God Molly charmed the trunk. Little Little Winching is a suburb of Greater Winching, and like in within Surrey, which is like a a basically our version of 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 a, or their version of our counties. So like so he's walking and puffing and thinking about the Tri Wizard Tournament and this and that and. Oh, just a few more houses, not very much longer. I can do this. And it's starting to get stormy out, so he's so happy he's almost there. And It's like, I think I can, I think I can, I think <laughs> totally. I can. And he gets there, and he's like, hmm, the house isn't very well put together right now. Something's not right. Totally a mad overgrown, and... I, I, I kind of like his better. little... I like, I like his little thing of deduction but yeah. then he talks himself out of it then he talks himself into it then he talks himself out of it i'm like oh well, i mean I, yeah i felt for i felt for him there i'm like poor kid well this is i mean this is very 15 year old kid of like you know something's weird like you know and here's all the evidence of like you know of this is weird and then no they you know it wouldn't be like this something so, there has to be another reason oh um, they left it all to me to make sure i had to do it all yeah i, I mean it's, right. it, it's um yeah. and this is so this is one of my uh one of the reasons why i fell in love with this fic harry clenched his fists and dropped into an instinctive crouch even as he told himself to stop being so stupid his eyes flickered randomly from the uncut grasp there's nothing there to the unswept walk, nothing, absolutely nothing. It's so quiet I can hear the street light light humming. To the small picket sign, it's getting late. They're probably in bed. To the neglected flower beds, nope, no Death Eaters here. Wait, back up. A sign? Just like, yeah. And then Harry discovers the for sale sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like, you know, and his immediate reaction is, we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Harry, you idiot, fifteen-year-old. I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. ADHD coming out. On the way home, that the reason Vernon didn't come to get him is because they're still mad about the tongue incident. Tongue, tongue, poppy. Yeah. Well, so yeah. I, but what I love is he's still so wound up from um, the end of, of of Cedric's death and everything that happened that. He's looking for Death Eaters and, like, that kind of danger. He's not well, expecting... That was the first thing he thought of. Maybe yes. they're dead. Yeah. the oh, first yeah. That, that, That's his first thought is, oh, my God, they're dead. And, you know, and he's he's sad for people who hate him, which is just like, God, <laughs> makes me, my heart hurt. But, yeah, so it's it's basically, you know... Um, then he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm being a paranoid get it's, you know, it's cause all this stuff is cause we're moving. Um, and they're right. leaving all the bad jobs for me. Um, and then, um, he goes, he goes up, up to the, the house and the light turns on and then he waits a few seconds and nothing happens and the light goes off. 
Um, <laughs> he thinks the lights burned out. He's like, oh, man, I'm going to get blamed for this, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then it clicks back on. And then it goes back up. And so he thinks Dudley's messing with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he's like, wait. And then he realizes that um, the porch light is new. And it's on test. Um, and so he flipped it off. Um, or he, he flipped it to basically like not the test version and he checks, um, or, or no, I'm sorry. Instead, he, when it's all the light is on, he looks in the window and there's no night lights, no telly, no voices, nothing. Yeah, and he there. realizes the window dressings are missing. And Petunia never, uh, never, uh, has the window treatments, um, off the windows after nightfall. Um, and he realizes the house was dark and completely empty. The only thing in the living room were patches of moonlight on the walls and the floor. And he realizes they're gone. Yeah. This is when, okay. Okay. I mean, all right. This is, I mean, I'm not going to get into Harry's feelings, but the thing is, the only thing I could think of, because did we know, okay, at this time, about they had, about, um, oh, the, not the trace, but, um, oh, crap, the charm, because once they, no, we did said, not, okay. That's so we, we, that's we where when I was reading some, it, I wasn't sure yeah. if we knew about. We like, sort we of did. did. Yeah. We, we, we sort we, of did. We knew yeah, we references spoke. to it because um, of second year, but we didn't know anything specific. Okay, because I'm just like because I was waiting for him. Like, okay, well, they left, and you know, I, I mean, it means that it's plot. I would thought it would be. It is plotable now. It is. Yeah. Everything. So, well, the the um. So that particular, the, the charms on number four, we did not know until book six, I think. No, but we sort of did because Dumbledore after one, um, the tribe with her tournament said, oh, Molly wants you to come home with them, but you have to go back to the Dursleys. Yes, but, but saying you have to go to the Dursleys without explaining it isn't really, I mean, Dumbledore's never really explained why he has to go to the Dursleys. So without saying it, it, it wasn't until book six that Dumbledore really explained to Harry, like True. these were blood wards and you had to go with your family. Um, and which, which begs the question bullshit, but how you know. did, so did Mrs. Fig didn't know they'd left. Dumbledore no. hasn't figured out the Mrs. blood wards are gone. I mean, yeah. for all of Dumbledore wanting to protect Harry, he does a very shitty job of it. Yes. Well, the thing is, I mean, but they're also, so the, the thing is, they've been, they've been working nonstop since Harry came back from the Triwizard uh, Tournament. So even while Harry's been at Hogwarts, they, they've been very, very busy. And they haven't, I mean, checking wards that are always there, like, or, like, stuff like that, like, you know. Bed, you too. One Sorry, thought. I'm yelling at my son and the cat because they're both laying, they're both sitting on the couch looking at me. <laughs> but no one but, thought that, bad. you know, the Dursleys would leave. So right. it, it, it's no. not like, I don't you know, know. We're, we, we think the Dursleys are going to leave. Let's check, you know, frequently. Dumbledore has a very idealistic uh, view of Petunia. Um, um, such a Gryffindor. I would think, it, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, it's... <laughs> I would think you would notice a moving van. I would too. That's the thing. Mrs. Fig has been at Hogwarts this entire time. 
Okay. All right. All right. Maybe this is when I need the perspective on because, um, because to me, after the twi, twi, excuse me, Troy was a tournament. They had at least maybe a week. Yeah. Until they got home. Yes. Okay. Dumbledore at that time, probably they've had like maybe three days. So she's been at Hogwarts the whole time and not home. Well, the other thing is... Because I would think she'd be at home. You would see the thought. So what what this fic presumed is we didn't know if Mrs. Fig was magical or not. Um, So this fic went went that she's magical, which means that she went for for walks to the shop and back and went for walks around the neighborhood just to show she was muggle. But her real travels, she'd use the flu. So she wouldn't, like, look out the window if she was, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I that's don't think something they're that I close, just, too. It's a couple yeah, streets she, over. She's, she's not on the same street. She's several streets over. Yes. So unless she's walking specifically by there, she she's not going to see. And because I, I always, maybe I've been getting later. movie, maybe I'm getting the movie confused because I always pictured it as, as a cul-de-sac. So she was in oh, within no, that cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. No, she's no. a couple of blocks away. Okay. All right. Then, uh, okay. I mean, I will, I never thought of her being a couple of blocks away. I've seen her maybe about three or four houses down. But mm-hmm. the thing is, you kind of, if you go out the front door, you can see everybody kind of. I mean, that's, so that's, she's on Wisteria Walk, not the yeah. drive. Okay. Well, that's just how I always pictured it. That's all. Yeah, and the the, the way that you know it is that um, Harry is pelting for Mrs. Figs, and he's soaked to the bone by the time that he gets there. And that's not so. That's not a three or four houses down kind of uh, run. That's like you have to, you know, that's a ways down. And here again, we have a little bit of Harry's messed up thinking. So I like this. His heart's pounding, his mind's reeling, he feels about ready to faint and throw up. Get a hold of yourself, it's no time to panic, a small corner of his brain says. Are you mental? The horrified, irrational, overwrought part of his brain screeches. Can we panic now? This is the perfect time to panic. Your family's <laughs> gone, you have no place to stay, nowhere to go, and you just blew most of your muggle money on a useless train ticket. Oh, Do I'm so... <laughs> What? Can That's we insert Ron's can we panic now into this section, please? Can we panic now? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Can we panic now? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is this is how my brain works all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I have, I I've given my I've given my little parts of my brain's names, mm-hmm. and there's logical. There's I mean, there's no no lot no, of no, stupid emotional. Uh, yeah, emotional. Sometimes I've called it a, a little, a little tiny girl because she's just being just the emotional strut, and this is I'm like just get over it, kind of thing. And then yeah, then I got I got the blue girl, and then I got I got everybody, and so yeah, no, no, no. Well, and some, every once in a while, I think I'm schizophrenic, but I know I'm not because I can talk to them all at one time, so we're good. <laughs> but yeah no so it's and i feel like this is no time to panic this is the perfect time to panic is a line from some movie and i can't remember it 
I've I've heard of it before too. And yeah, I, there's like there's a, a line where it's like, "This is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic." <laughs> you have a computer. Shut up! Shut up, you idiot! Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. I'm lost. Andy is gone. They're going to move from the house in two days, and it's all your fault. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Five points for anybody who can figure out what where that is and oh, who said it. <laughs> and, and so, uh, Hedwig comes and saves the day. Yes, she, Hedwig brings them down to earth. Yep. And he's like, they're gone, Hedwig. We can't get in. We have no place to stay. And as this starts to happen, it starts raining really hard. Yep. And he decides he's going to head over to Mrs. Fink's. So I do like that it references, and I think that this is something that happened in canon, but just was never talked about, that Harry gets teased at Hogwarts for talking to his owl like she's human. And it's just like, well, in some way, it's like Hagrid was the first person that he ever interacted with, um, at, you know, and, and Hedwig was the, his first friend. Like, you know, Hedwig was the, you know, the first, like, confidant, and he had a month alone with his books and Hedwig. I talk to my cat all the time. And, and yeah, you, you talk to your, 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 your animals and familiars and pets. And, and so, you know, while most wizards would just look at an owl and treat it like, you know, a messenger service, Harry actually sees Hedwig as almost human. Like somebody, uh, an owl who has emotions and feelings and a fondness for Harry and kind of, is kind of like a mother figure in a way. Um, so yeah, so Harry's feel like trying to piece out like how he's feeling, and I boys rarely feel this complex at Harry's age, and the only reason why it's okay for me in my head is because the Dursleys abused the hell out of him, and a lot of times like that creates different emotional circumstances. Um, but this, this, like, this is the paragraph that I connected with very much, and I've already talked about this, but the Dursleys never claimed to love him. Heck, they ba- barely claimed to know him. All his life, he'd been an inconvenience, an unwanted, resented burden. Oh, he'd try to win at least their acceptance when he was younger, but no matter how hard he tried, he not, nothing pleased them. And it's just it like... It reminds me of Jane Eyre. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I mean... <laughs> It's this moment of just like, you know, the Dursleys didn't love him and he didn't care. Like, he just wanted them to accept him. And, you know, I know exactly how that feels. And it's just like, yeah, it's very much one of my, yeah, it, I, I very easily connected to the Terry. Oh, I can totally understand that in some, in some aspects. I mean, yeah. A lot of people can, can. I mean, there has been, I mean, not as, like, not as in depth, maybe as a, fa- as a family member, but sometimes is unquited love and stuff. Like, you're like, oh my God, I put so much time in, in effort into, into this, you thought it would be a relationship and it's just, it just wasn't. I yeah. mean, it sucks. It just yeah. sucks. I felt bad. I felt bad for him. So. so, and then he realized, he, he tries to remember, you know, keep your wits, keep calm, you know, yeah. what, what, I what like is this the cornerstone? Yeah, go ahead. He's, he's um, going through his options and it, 
he has, you know, some reasonable ones and some unreasonable ones, and they put them all in there. Yes, I do like, like that. Okay. Hmm. Well, I remember Hagrid always said, Hogwarts and Gringotts are the two safest places. Well, I can't exactly go either of them because, you know, do I go talk to the headmaster and say, sorry, my relatives are gone. Can I just sleep on your office floor? Or do I go, hi, Mr. Goblin, can I be locked in my Gringotts vault for the summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, food every once in a while, would I do love the fact that um, that the author goes through Harry's. The, the, the author doesn't just share Harry's final thought. The author goes through for every single thought of Harry's and like shares it. So first, it's you know, well, I could go to Hogwarts or Gringotts. Can't go there. Um, could go to the neighbors. That's always the most logical solution. Can't do that. The Dursleys have told, um, Harry that, or the neighbors that Harry's crazy and he's a criminal and the cops will be called. Um, don't want to call the cops because that means that he'll be put in an orphanage. Um, and Hedwig will be put in the, in the zoo. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of like the book. If you give the mouse a cookie. Okay. Yes, yeah. it is. It, um, it's, and then it's, it's, it's just that the, the Dursleys have apparently told Harry all about orphanages, um, <laughs> which I think it's, it's morally reprehensible that the Dursleys did, did this, but it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant because you know, it's, 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 it's just kind of like one of those like horrible, like horrifying ideas that, you know, his aunt and uncle basically said, you don't want to go to the only other place that would be safe for you. You wouldn't want to report us to the police because if you report us to the police, you'll be put somewhere worse. Right. But that's what all abusive or a lot of abusive people. That's what it's, well, I mean, I, I might be bad, but the place that you could yes. end up is going to be much worse. And right. they say that about the police. You know, the police are going to beat you or rape you or whatever it is that they have to say Yeah, to make you, you afraid of them. You'll be starved, you'll be abused, and you'll be locked in the cellar with rats. And so they withheld meals, they beat him, and they put him in the, stu- in the cupboard under the stairs. With the spiders. With the spiders. spiders. (laughs) (laughs) So that was his, always his punishment. But then, you know, and then Dudley needed a second bedroom. So they just always put him in the, in the cupboard under the stairs. And they'd lock him in there if he was getting, getting punished. Yeah. So Um, he's he's going through his options. He's decided the leaky cottage room might be good. Yeah. If he could get there. Yes. Um, But he doesn't want to run into Rita Skeeter because she's a pain in the butt. And uh, she tended to wordsmith. I love that. <laughs> um, but she's the least of his worries because Hermione had discovered. Well, so he—it's it's not. It's not that he's afraid of r- running into Rita Skeeter because Hermione has Rita Skeeter. He's afraid of running into witches and wizards that prefer Rita's, Rita's version of events rather than his the the truth. Right. And then he thinks about babysitter Mrs. Fig. Yes. That old lady that lived nearby. Hmm. Took him no, this long. She might, she might be the one. And he has no idea that she's there to watch him as a magical guardian. Yes. Well, no, but still, she used to. Right. So that's his thought. I'm going to just go to her. Yep. And so that's what he does. And he 
runs over there and takes him a few minutes to get there and he's panting and he's he must have set the land speed record to get there but he's soaking wet he's magical and hedwig's slightly better in condition because harry loves her enough to bundle her up um and and uh she rides on his trunk um which is still feather light for mrs weasley thank you mrs weasley Uh the one smart thing they've done the whole story yes and he's grumpy he gets there he's grumpy he slaps the door thinking he's just gonna knock and the door magically opens to him because what we don't know well no he's 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 um he slaps the door in irritation because mrs fig is not home Mm -hmm. um it's like gone from one empty house to another empty house, man. Dang it! And then slams the door and it opens. And the and Harry has the good sense to ask the door if he can come in. Well, he's yeah, a smart but boy. still, I've I don't know, seen just, way too many horror films where the door just walks just opens in anyway. Double take it what the door says. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, there's magic. Maybe Mrs. Fig's a witch. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and he and then, can feel it. He can feel yeah. this light tingle of magic. So everything looks very, very muggle until you look closer at it. So Harry, uh, all the cats are going into the kitchen. So Harry follows them and he sees the feeding dishes are filling themselves. Right. Um, and he thinks that's rather cool that, you know, it's kind of like a Hogwarts, fe- Hogwarts feast for cats. Um, and then he looks at the clock. And it's like the Weasley clock, except for it says Arabella Fig and also his name. Mm-hmm. And it says Hogwarts. And it says Hogwarts. Well, she's at Hogwarts. Yeah. And then he's so like, he hang realizes- on, I remember that name. Yes. <laughs> so he goes in and changes his clothes and feels a little bit better. Gets his wizard money, puts on his warm cloak. Which I'm sure is spelled with some kind of protection against water a little bit. Um, and I don't know. Judging by the experiences at Hogwarts, I would say not. <laughs> it, that, that would make logical sense. But, you know, hey, like Hermione says, most wizards don't have an ounce of logic. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, so um, <laughs> then he, he, something bumps his leg and he figures that it's one of the cats wanting to be petted. Um and he, he bends down, and it's cardboard. And he sees this medium-sized moving box that's taped shut and tied with string, so it's, like, bursting. And it says, property of Harry James Potter. And the box wants to come with him. Yeah. That confused the heck out of me. What? It reminds me of, like, the scene in uh, Beauty and the Beast with the little footstool. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dog. You know, it's just kind of bouncing around and stuff. That's that's what it made me thought of. But it made me think of, wow. And uh, It was very evocative of, of that little uh, ottoman. Mm-hmm. He does leave her a note. Yep. To tell her that she he's been there. And he tells and the house goodbye as he's yep. leaving. And okay. Like one se- okay, one sec. Just one second. I don't know if I missed anything, but when... This might be a spoiler alert. Spoiler for later. I don't know. The thing is, she comes back, and I don't remember ever her reading her uh, the note. Does she ever board. find the note? She does much she later. Does much later. 
Okay, so if I've been to like chapter ten, it's not. I haven't no, even gotten it yet. You haven't gotten no, to it yet. yet. It's like, like okay, because that's the whole entire time I've been saying myself. Like halfway through the story, because Jeez, when yeah. he leaves, the cat <laughs> knocks the note on the floor and it goes behind something. Yes. God damn cats. Which cats would do. Much like uh, it was ev- evocative of, of the Homeward Bound. Yes. Where the, the wind knocked the, half the note over, and so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what Homeward Bound is. It's a movie about never three. Seen Homeward Bound? Or The Incredible Journey. Yeah, no. The Incredible Journey. It's a really good movie, but I don't remember that scene because I haven't seen it I in don't either. years. I haven't so seen it. It's on two pieces of paper, and basically it says, Hey, I'm leaving the dogs, or I'm taking the dogs, something like that. And I'm, and then the next page says, but um, I'm coming back for them. I'm not taking them right now. I'm leaving them, and then I'll come back for them. Kind of thing. Yeah. And part of the note blows away, and basically what it, the guy comes home to is, Hey, I'm taking the dogs. Well, in the meantime, the dogs have jumped the fence and the cat have jumped the fence and are traveling thousands of miles, hundreds at least, to get home by themselves across the wilderness. And the guy that's pet-sitting thinks that they've been picked up, so he doesn't worry about them. And then after a week or so, the family shows up and goes, where's our pets? And he's like, well, you left me a note that said you picked them up. And they're like, no, that's not what the note said. And we find out that half the note blew away. Yeah. But Trisha... Yes. It's a wonderful story. And you it's should also watch a it. book. But I will tell you that really? you will cry. You will cry. No, you will cry. You will cry. No. Mm. But it's a good cry. Yes. I don't know. I will, and, if, and if, you're willing, if, if you're willing me, voice the if, animals, if, it's hilarious. Do you want me oh. to spoil, uh, spoil it? Yeah. No, don't spoil it. I, I, I will only you know what? I read the last. I read the last page right, in a book. The last chapter of everything. Right, I will say it. nobody dies. And that will... <laughs> no, because there's there's some very intense scenes where you're like, is this a- is this animal gonna make it? And like the that's animal, that's true. It's that's true. Very very sad. And like, it's just <laughs> it's helpful to know the dog does not die. <laughs> hey, oh, I love that there's a website for that now. There, really? It's like Doug, does the dog die dot net or something? Yes. And you can look up all these different stories and yeah. <laughs> I like that. Don't so the only. Two hold on, hold on. Someone wants to say goodbye make say goodnight to you guys. Only two things make me cry, and it's dogs okay. dying and cancer. Mm. Those are the only two things that make me cry when I'm watching a movie. Good night, right. Rick. Hold on. Good night, apparently. Good night, Alric. Good night. Good night. Go to bed. It's late. Good night, Alric. Oh, yeah. You're talking to Sue again. He's like, oh, okay. Oh my god, he sounds so much older. It's frightening. He sounds so much older. <laughs> well, I know. The last time I ever heard his voice, he was what, 10, 12? <laughs> so and now we said we're at Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, that was scary. I know, wasn't it? Well, I'm sorry, that's why I had to do it. So to now, you. We're at, now we're at Hogwarts. And Arabella Fig is reminiscing about her time at Hogwarts and her friends. He, she, apparently, she was best friends with Lily Evans, um, which is horribly sad to think that, like, she never spoke up and, like, said anything there. Like, yeah. She was, yeah. you know, observed. 
Um, but yeah, basically, um, she was put in, um, they're, they're talking about, you know, basically summing, summing up books one through four for Arabella, Arbelle, um, and essentially, you know, talking about how, like, the shock of Peter being the one who betrayed everybody, Harry facing Voldemort two, three times now, three times, um, and yeah, all that stuff going on, and, Basically, both how strong Harry is, because he, which, this is canon, he was, um, so he was wounded in the tournament, stabbed in the arm, held under Cruciatus twice, and then still threw off Imperius. Right. Um, so, you know, Harry has, had always been an exceptional child. And then she's reminiscing about how, you know, Harry was this adorable baby, and everybody loved him, and he loved everybody else except for Peter, the evil detecting baby. So what I wondered was, can a, can somebody detect um, the the dark mark? So was P- Harry picking up on the dark mark? Mark. Bannon apparently thinks you can. Well, and you know, I think it's like, I think it's like dogs. Yeah, I know. I well, should but, not be. Putting kids and dogs together, but I do it all the time. No, but babies have have a lot of that, you know. It, 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 they, know they, can, they, they can feed off, they feed off your energy, and yes. that's what it that's what it is. Is like, I mean, is even like Zeus like says, kind of like dogs. I mean, there's sometimes if you show fear, the dog's gonna know it. Yeah, and same things with kids. I mean, there's been times where I mean, I know I was been like like freaking beside myself and I'm crying yeah. and there's my kid crying there with me and I was just, um, just feeding each other off each other's emotions there I was um at, at um March for Science LA and there was this four-year-old and she was like initially nervous about my wheelchair because she'd like had never seen a wheelchair she didn't know what it was she didn't know why I was in it so she was asking me questions and as soon as she fed off the energy that I was like, it's fine to ask me questions. There's nothing wrong with me, you know? And she like immediately like warmed up to me and that initial like, like nervousness about me, like it went away. So I, I mean, yeah, kids feed off of energy. And I love the fact that in this um, whole chapter, this author was one of the first people to make James a person. Um, in that, you know, James liked to call it put- the putter approval rating. <laughs> um, and it's just like, you know, Harry liked some people more than others. And it's just like, there's like a sliding scale. And then like at the bottom's Peter. And um, it, it's just kind of like the, the, there's like a lot of them, a lot of authors group the Marauders all together. And just like kind of since James is dead, never really bothered to develop James as a, as a person. And this author was one of the first to kind of be like, James is a person and like, he has likes and dislikes and he's kind of funny. And, you know, in some ways, but, but it, but the fact that Harry doesn't like Peter is like really bothering him because it's one of his best friends. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, and of course, Arabella doesn't twig to this meaning anything because yeah, it's a baby. Yeah. And then, Weeks later, they're dead. But she's, you know, as all of this stuff is going on, because she had turned the parchment to let her know when Harry gets home, because the clocks hand will get to home. 
mm-hmm. and it's not he's not there yet. And so when there's a a uh, few minutes of a break pause, she flews home real fast to check on the clock because she thinks that maybe she's done the charm wrong or whatever. And it's on traveling, and she's thinking, "Wow, this has taken him a really long time." And and I she doesn't really flew all the way home. I think she just sticks her head in and checks the clock. Yeah, right. Because then Dumbledore's like, "Come on, we're going back to the meeting," and she's like, "But eh, and just as she Hold does on. that, the hand goes to. Dursley's or home or whatever it says. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. And she goes back to the meeting. And basically that's when Harry gets to the front door, but he's not actually home because nobody's there. And he starts traveling again almost immediately, but she's not there to see it. Well, so what I, I, I like is this, this does actually mention snake. So as bell brings up that Harry is still traveling Every, all the different characters like go through like what they think is Harry's doing. Um, and so Arthur is saying, well, you know, uh, Vernon was like over an hour late. Um, it's more like over two hours late, but you know, we're just going to let that go. Um, and Belle's feeling very edgy. She feels like something's wrong. Um, and then, you know, uh, Snape comes by and Snape thinks that, you know, the Dursleys just took him out to the Muggle cinema. And I mean, if you don't know, know the Dursleys, then I guess I could understand why you would think that. And we don't know that Snape knew Lily, like, in a, in a like, they grew up together way. Um, so basically, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Snape has some very important information and you really need to like, they really need to meet. And right. at that moment, Harry's uh, clock hand slides to home, and Bell's like, "Okay, we're done. We need to go. You know, deal with with yeah. you know, the time sense of information." And, and she turns off the charm that yeah. communicates the clock to her parchment. So then, when <laughs> it switches to traveling again, it doesn't tell her. Idiot! Idiot! And then, idiot. so unnoticed in her little house in Little Winching, Surrey, the locator clock hand marked Harry Potter moved to Wisteria Walk, then traveling before finally coming to rest on Unknown. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next, the, we, we arrive at the next morning, July 2nd, um, and it's, the sunlight is pouring into the room, into the windows of room 11, and Harry is not completely sure where he is. He thinks he's still home. Um, he's very stiff, um, both from traveling and from the tournament. Right. Um, and he doesn't want, he doesn't, he needs to get up before Aunt Petunia comes to get him, but he's very comfortable. <laughs> um, and he, wait, 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 hold on a minute. Yeah. This sounds like she had something to say. So Harry never tells anybody that he's leaving Mrs. Figs, right? Nope. He leaves her a note. He left a note. Right. But he doesn't like tell the Weasleys, Hey, they, no, how could he tell them? I don't know if he's Hedwig. already gotten into her house. He might as well use the flu. Hedwig. He did not Hedwig. Yeah. He does not want he's, yeah. to put them in danger. And he's not thinking of some of the things. That's that the thing. Do. So he can't go, in his mind, he cannot contact or go to the Weasleys, period. He cannot go to Hogwarts. He could go to Gringotts, but that seems kind of ridiculous. So it's been nixed in his head. You know, so his 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 reaction is basically, I'm going to write Mrs. Fig a note, and, you know, 
she'll and and she uh, and you know it'll have you know where where I'm going. I'm going to the the leaky cauldron. Um, and then you know we'll figure it out from there. We'll figure it out tomorrow morning. It's very late. I'm very tired and sore. You know. And then I'll catch the night bus, um, and, and, and go to Lakey Cauldron. Um, and we find out that when he called the night bus, um, they, uh, accidentally hit a puddle and soaked him. Poor kid. Poor kid. He's completely unrecognizable. Yes. (laughs) Which is handy. And they're so, and they're so overwhelmed by the fact that they soaked him that, um, they basically, Oh, completely miss asking who he is. <laughs> they just give him, you know, hot chocolate and a blanket and, you know, a discounted fare and a, you know, a new toothbrush. I kind of miss like, I kind of miss like, um, drying charm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, think so- either Stan or Ernie are very good at actual magic. Yeah. I don't think so either. That's true. What about, the, what about the shrunken head? Well, that, that depends on you, you can buy that. But it's hard to know. <laughs> uh, so that's also uh, movie canon, not book I know. Canon. Yeah. He's still one of my favorite. Honestly, he was probably my favorite. It was okay. I feel like um, more important, it could have been, uh, that was time that could have been spent on more important things. True, but it was fun. Um, it was, was fun, cute. but it's just, it was, so part of my beef with uh, the way that um, Prisoner of Azkaban was portrayed on film was they never explained why the Marauders map was important, and that's just like yeah. it's a huge thing, like you know, connection to your father and why why his Patronus is, is stag and like all this stuff should have been covered. And instead, we got the night bus, which is fun, but like you know, I. Preserve of it was one of my favorite books because it gave Harry like a a solid connection to his parents and why you know why things are they the way they are. Um, so yeah, it 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 was. I mean, it was cute, but I I, I don't love it. Yeah, somewhat unnecessary. No, I agree. It was unnecessary, but it was funny. Yes. Anyway, so they get to the to Diagon Alley. At least Tom can apply a proper drying charm. So now Harry is dry. Um, and they, be, Tom basically takes one look at him and then tucks him into bed. Right. Um, oh, it actually even addresses it. It says Stan and Ernie had been so shaken up by the incident. They hadn't even been able to manage a simple drying charm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and so Harry wakes up and he's like, wait a minute. This is too comfortable. I'm not yes. a perfect drive. <laughs> it's almost like I'm in school. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> so he uh, he gets up and goes down finally as he, you know, finally gets up and figures out all that's going on. Yep. Uh, he He's beating himself down. up a little bit for... Going Always. to pieces so much the last night, which he didn't really, but he's like, I should have been able to stay calmer. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he is, you know, he's trying to figure out like how he feels about any, like where he's going to go and what's going to, what, what's going to happen to him. And I felt like this was, you know, very honest of Harry. Um, and, and it, it identifies besides Harry reflected in a moment of brutal self honesty. He wasn't ready to face his friends yet. His feelings were still too bruised and raw, 
And to make matters worse, he felt half-eaten alive with bitter jealousy. He didn't want to have to observe loving family interaction at that moment. Maybe later, but not just yet. Right now, he just wanted to lick his wounds and nurse his injured pride in private. And I think this was Harry's main motivation for hiding all summer was he's just been through a traumatic uh, experience watching Cedric die and facing Voldemort. His family abandoned him. He's scared Dumbledore is going to bring the Dursleys back and make the Dursleys take him back. Um, So, and, and he doesn't want to see families who love each other right now because his family so obviously, you know, it's going, it's going to be obvious to everybody now that his family does not love him Um, because everyone seems to think no matter what Harry says, his, you know, that his family loves him. So like, he doesn't really want to deal with that. Um, and so he's trying to figure out, you know, his finances for, you know, if he does stay all summer on his own, does he have the money for it? Um, which he does, does, we learn, uh, he doesn't know, but he does, he has plenty of money to stay all summer. And so Tom kind of like pokes his head, head in while he's trying to figure this out and says, good morning. Like, like nothing's wrong. Um, and, um, Harry's trying to be like extra polite because the daily prophet has, um, kind of been a bit harsh with him and, you know, he's a little nervous. Lunatic. Based, he's trying to figure out what Tom thinks, and Tom's like, you know, the Daily Prophet has ruined many a reputation, undeserved, and I'm a bartender, Harry. I hear plenty of whoa, uh, tales of woe, um, and you seem like the good sort, so you know, it's no, it's no big deal. Um, I don't know, hearing hearing you know somebody say hello, Tom just kind of irks me because <laughs> it totally reminds me of Dumbledore talking to Voldemort. Ah, uh, yeah, that was unfortunate that a lot of people share. <laughs> So, Tom comes in, and, and uh, he's talking to Harry, and Harry says, you're not going to tell anybody I'm here. And Tom says, why don't you tell me what happened first? Yeah. And so, Harry, you know, haltingly, of course, sort of, you know, I don't know what to do. Explains his story. Yeah. Tells his story, and Tom's like, all right, well, how about you'd like some lunch or maybe a snack before dinner? and we'll get you all checked in. And as they go downstairs and, and get ready to uh, check in, Harry's like, I can't stay here. It's the first place somebody's going to look for me. All I have to do is check the register. And he's starting to panic again, and Tom's like, Harry, Harry, calm down. You can't go running off. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to stay? And he says, I don't know. Maybe I can find a place in Muggle London. And Tom thinks quickly and decides that he needs to keep Harry close by. So he shows him upstairs to the room that Tom used to live in. So he's uh, going to quote unquote bar. hire Harry, not expecting to, for Harry to really be able to, uh, to help much. Um, yeah. And when we get into chapter six, it's been a few days. Um, and Harry has settled into the new routine of working nights. Um, and this was very much, I, I love this description of working nights because it's very, very uh, like that. Um, and he does have a little bit of um, Tom cast silencing charms um, so that he doesn't have to tiptoe t- 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 along, uh, 
around all the time, but he is reminded of being on Private Drive where he has to make no noise and pretend he uh, doesn't exist. Right. Um, but he is, it, it's quiet and he has time to kind of figure things out on his own. And, you know, so he's trying to like, you know, sort through his feelings and one minute he's scrubbing the floor and the next minute, you know, he feels gratitude that um he's safe there are no dark wizards here the biggest problem he has with was the floor he was cleaning and then it's happened somehow his simple gratitude turned into a wave of almost hysterical relief um and he has i wouldn't i wouldn't say this is what it feels like for having a good cry this is you know, 15 years of emotion that has been built up <laughs> into, you know, this is Harry is safe for the first time in his, in his life. Mm-hmm. And it's that because he was almost safe at Hogwarts because that's what Hagrid had promised him. But uh, then, not so much. Not so much. Voldemort, you know, immediately kind of turned things on, on, on his head with that one. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, this is the first time, the only reason why he's safe is he's hiding right? and no one knows he's there. Um, so there's this like delayed reaction that he's been trying to, to, you know, bury in Quidditch and Petunia's garden and all these things. But essentially like there's no uncorking it at this point. There's no, no recorking it at this point. It's basically, he has too much angst and he has to get it all out at once. Mm-hmm. And of course, Hedwig comes down to comfort him. Yes. Yep. And, him. and there's also the cat. Patches. Yes. Patches. Patches. I love Patches. Patches, like Patches loves him. Yeah. There's nobody in the wizarding world on a, on a what? A dog. Um, Hagrid does. Oh, that's yeah. right. Thing. Yeah. I think that's the only one we see. And Fluffy. Well, and Padfoot. Padfoot doesn't count. Remus. (laughs) That depends on the fic. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Not in this fic. Uh, I tried. So, Patches uh, comes in in the mornings and wakes up Harry. In different ways. To, uh, you know, cuddle with him a bit and does different things. And She's got a kitty flap, just yes. like the one Harry has in his door. Only yes. it's used for a cat instead of food this time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what so. they're supposed to be for. And, and so uh, Patches became his friend because one night while um, he was very, very tired, uh, Hedwig dropped a handful of dead mice, raw dead mice. He was so tired he didn't react in the right. normal human, oh, gross way. Which, you know, because he's very thin, like, not eating. So she eat, she's doing the motherly yeah, thing she's of She's feeding eat. him up. <laughs> yes. Nobody likes his tiny um, And so he, she, he convinces her to take most of them back. But Hedwig gives, makes him keep one. And so in order to make sure that he doesn't just toss it away, because that would be rude to Hedwig, he gives it to Patches. And now Patches is his best friend ever. You would yep. think Patches would be best friend with Hedwig with Hedwig because she's the one that hunted the whole thing. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. 
Well, they, they get friendly eventually, but... Uh, yeah, they're kind of at odds for a little while because it's just like they compete for Harry's attention. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love the bit, um, like, he he mentions how he'd first gotten a list from Tom about, you know, straighten, straightening up the rooms that he was staying in. And it had been hard, but he did pretty well. And then Tom showed up after a while and was obviously intending to help, but didn't really need to do much. And then yeah. a few paragraphs later, we get Tom's view of it. And like, he's made this list of all the things that need to be done over the next week. And oh, Harry yeah. accomplishes all of them in a night. Yeah. <laughs> because Harry's used to having lists of chores to do, so... And and woe we'll betide him if he doesn't have it done. Right. Once Vernon comes back home. Yeah. So we... Tom sort of figured he'd just be, you know, desultory mopping one corner and Tom would have to do all the stuff. And then here it's almost all done by the time he shows up. Right. Yeah. He's running out of things for Harry to do, sorry. Have we um have we discussed the mirrors? Because honest to God, I thought the, the per- how she is it a she? I don't know who actually yeah, wrote she. it. So okay, it's a she. Yeah. Um, how she explained the, the mirrors and their personalities, and they go because it always kind of bugged me. Like I'm like, yeah. there's a mirror that talks to me and tells me I look scruffy and stuff like that. But the thing is, what if I'm naked? And I'm like, oh my god, you're seeing me naked too. But I don't know. I kind of thought it was kind of neat in how they would talk to their different personalities and stuff. I, yeah, I kind of um, thought it was pretty clever that they're different from people, so it's not like... Sue has left to go take care of the chicks, and we'll be back momentarily. Sorry for the interruption. And so, yeah, I, I do love the, the mirrored personalities and the fact that, like, they different rooms have different personalities based on who's in the mirror and all that stuff. And like, it, it was a very clever take on something that is never actually fully explored Explained. in canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's just, there's a mirror that talks to you. Is there another person at the other end of the mirror? And this is a very like interesting way of, of explaining it, that it's not a person. So it doesn't care if you're naked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll still be cares. thinking of judging me, but that's just me. Yeah. And these mirrors have um, sort of hologram technology in that they can project different appearances over top of you in their mirror. Yes. <laughs> so so if you he winds up with so cool. all the, the 27 sure. personalities of the entire pub competing over what he should actually end up wearing. <laughs> yes, one for his little makeover, yeah. Um, but I, so I, to go back a little bit, I, I do love basically Tom's running out of things for Harry to do because Harry's like a seasoned housewife and Tom's house like, elf. I wonder what happened. Like, you know, I'm so confused. This is like having a, a, a house elf, you know, Harry's a very hard worker, man. Um, he should have been a Hufflepuff. He should have been a Hufflepuff. No, it's, I, I mean, this is another one of those things that, um, I have a little trouble with that no one picked up on the Dursleys being abusive is anytime Harry has to clean or cook anything, he's an expert. And it's just like, and you didn't pick up on the fact that a 15 year old should not be able to do this this well. So here arriving from the editor's bay, I just want to say that I don't agree with this. Uh, I know a lot of 15 year olds that can cook and clean and I don't see that as a form of abuse. There could be abuse, I suppose, but there's a lot of kids that have been taught how to take care of themselves and cook and clean. 
So I do not agree with this. Bye from the editing bay. Really? Like, this is not... On the other hand, they d- he didn't really do much of that. In canon? On, say, the Weasleys. You yeah. Know, especially living with Ron. There's no I way mean, Molly would have let him do anything. You know, there are 12-year-olds who are master chefs, so they could have assumed that, oh, Harry just really likes cooking. You yeah, I, the cooking is fine. It's it, it's the cleaning that always, you know, gets me. Because no yeah. 12-year-old boy want like, look at Ron. Ron is the typical 12-year-old boy. He's a, he's a slob. Mm-hmm. I'm 31, and I still don't like to clean. <laughs> yes. I, I'd hate cleaning. So, like, Harry having... I picture Harry having everything organized, like everything just so, just because that's like his default, is that everything has to be that way. You never met my brother. I don't think Harry does. You don't think Harry does? I could see him going the other way and being like, they don't care at Hogwarts. Everything can be messy. Yay! (laughs) I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I think he's neater, neater than most boys. Mm-hmm. Again, you never met my brother. <laughs> my brother is a complete neat freak. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that, that yeah. I'm not saying that any one yeah. thing. There is evidence that people abuse. could have picked up. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, it's, you look at the little things and it's just like, this seems, it, it's enough to be like, Harry is acting oddly. Harry is not acting his age. We should look into this further to make sure that Harry's safe at home. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's we uh the the uh, wizarding child uh, foster care system sucks. Wizards aren't good at follow through in general. Yeah, <laughs> if anything, it gets as far as huh, that's odd, and that's about all all you get. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, that's that's strange. We're gonna move on. It's like wait, no, but you have to go back and figure out why it's strange. Like. <laughs> Yeah. That's important. (laughs) Hello, Sue again. And since I'm not in the podcast at this point, I'm stepping in once more. I was just talking to Melinda Leo about wizarding child services, and we were discussing how uh, they probably didn't exist. And in Britain, it's very different than it would be in America. And also back in the 90s, it would have been different still. Just my two cents. Um, but, so all the other proprietors um, stop in on Diagon Alley before uh, the alley opens, and they've noticed that it's much cleaner, like much cleaner than um, it normally is. Like all the brass is polished, and the bar's clean, and um, and he shares that he has a Hogwarts student who is um, earning a little extra um, money for his school supplies, but he's been working nights, and, and the proprietors want Tom to share, essentially. That and drove so, me nuts. What? I hated this part. I absolutely yeah. hated it. Why so? Because I don't think they have any right to ask if they've, you know, if Tom's got a Hogwarts student, I don't think they have any right to ask to have him help them, too. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, I, I think it wouldn't I'm, hurt if it was an adult. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the whole thing is like, they're just going, Oh wow. He's pretty great. Could we steal him away? And they're not expecting Tom to say, sure. It's also the other thing is that Tom never shares Harry's age. So it could be a kid who's of age who's staying at the alley and is about to enter his final year of Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. So 
they don't really like talk about specific and I feel like Harry is old enough to like make his own choices as far as yeah but I think um, Tom should have asked him first well Her- Tom does say I have to ask him yeah but they're asking like we have to they're saying we have to meet him first assuming the boy says yes of course which means that they're asking for Tom to ask him I suppose essentially um and I think um I love this um you know telling them the boy in question was the boy who lived probably wasn't wise just yet but he couldn't delay forever admitting the boy's name was Harry wasn't a good idea either Harry wasn't common a common enough name and it, but it might be too obvious. What's his male name again? Tom thought fran- frantically. James, not bad that. Rather formal, though. Might Still might tip some people off. As much as the lad, lad favor, favors his father. What's short for James? Jamesy? Jamie? Jim? They were all Jamesy. waiting for an answer. What the hell? <laughs> Tom faced his colleagues and smiled apologetically. Sorry, my mind went wandered a bit. The boy's called Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yes that Jim. must have been an interesting conversation it's like uh by the way harry would you like to work for some, some of these other people oh and they all think your name is jim yeah <laughs> well and it, it, it it's well timed that the mirrors are put, putting different looks on harry because they think that harry's a little scruffy and he needs a makeover um Mm-hmm. And they've picked up. They're they're more observant than any other any wizard in the wizarding world because they've picked up on the fact that Harry's clothes are baggy, mm-hmm. and he needs clothes that fit. Um, so they're basically trying different looks on um, on Harry. And Tom comes up with the idea that he could possibly you know work days and work for the other people at, in the alley. And while Tom is thinking, um, a, a particular, a very interesting look on Harry has, has appeared. And Tom goes, I think it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom, but no, this just, it just isn't me. And Tom looks at its saber. One of the more um, adventurous personalities had a photo of Harry dressed in tight black leather with a green spiked mohawk, a black butch collar and multiple piercings. <laughs> Whoops. I just picture Harry showing up at Hogwarts like that. All I could think was Edward Scissorhands for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter yeah. and the Year of Goth. <laughs> Harry goes goth for a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, if we could make it as pretty blue as Talison's is right now, I'd love it. It could work, yeah. yeah. It could work, yeah. Um, so they actually figure out, like, you know, if, since he's getting glasses, he could get contacts and, like, change his entire, like, he looks, at, this is the Clark, Clark Kent of it, that Harry looks completely different without glasses. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially those specific glasses that he's yeah. worn for three years or, well, 12 years. <laughs> but yeah. And make sure that, yeah, his glasses are appropriately sized and his clothes fit well and all of that. And, you know, he, he try, is trying to figure out how to do this because he has no idea how to shopping. He's never done it. He, he's never, you know, done anything like this. So he um, actually has uh, Dr. Granger's business card. He's like, if nothing else, maybe they can recommend a store. And <laughs> then we go to letters. So Hermione is waiting for Hedwig or Pig because... 
he she wants to write to her, her friends, but she doesn't have an owl. Right. Um, when you decided on a cat, that's what you get. Yep. <laughs> yes, and then cat. Yes. Yeah. Crookshanks is not a messenger. Nope. Well, well she did. Well, well, true, he is. I guess, yeah, but I can't imagine Crookshanks with letters tied around his neck. Well, Crookshanks is, is a, Crookshanks is a thief. That's all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sorry. What? Crookshanks is a thief. She right. is, or he is. He's yeah. The, the passwords and words. Oh, yeah. Like that, so. But he was a messenger because he took the owl order to the post office for Syria, or the the broom order to the post office yes. for serious. Oh, that yes, made I've no sense, that. but that's another story. <laughs> you can just imagine the post office where there they you know there's a cat sitting on with a a, a note tied around his neck. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you guys got to this point or not, but Tom makes Harry promise to communicate with people and kind of let him know where he is. Yes, we skipped over that fat p- part because yeah, he's he working says, I won't days. tell Dumbledore that you're here, but you have to tell him eventually and you have to, you know, talk to your friends sometime. But. Yeah, and and Harry has a very interesting uh definition of eventually, just like a very interesting definition of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he says it was two days before we started Hogwarts again. That's eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, the first letter starts off to Hermione. Hey, how are you? Hope things are going well. What are your plans for the summer? Um, I, I've got a job. Uh, yeah. I finished my transfiguration assignment and my charms essay. Surprise! Surprise! <laughs> ha ha! That was a PS. Telling, make her go. He's telling her to be careful and, you know... All this, all, all this stuff, and he, he he slides in there. He job. Hey, it's Sue again, and I think what Cat means to say there is that Harry has a job. Our new recording software seems to cut out every once in a while, and that really got dropped. Yeah, and he says it's nothing fancy, but anything is better than being cooped up in Uncle Vernon's house, not letting on that he's not there at all right. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's not lying. He's not telling the whole no, he's truth. Not well, I feel like Harry is um, very Slytherin in, um, in in how he tells people that um, that he's not at the Dursleys anymore because he doesn't really want people to co- to figure it out. Right. But he has to tell them something, and he because oh, he promised he's, a Tom, pop. he's mm-hmm. very much a Slytherin who wanted. To be I'm in just Gryffindor. hearing Obi Wan Kenobi in my head. <laughs> so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Yes. Well, it's, you know, he writes to Ron, "I'm not stuck in Uncle Vernon's house all day." And to tell the truth, keeping busy is helping. And it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yep. I've even. I'm so my- desperate. I've even started my summer assignments. <laughs> tell everyone hello and write back soon. <laughs> yeah, I love the the difference in tone that he takes for his two friends because he yeah. knows. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. he knows them very well. Yeah. He knows exactly how much he, he can let Ron in on more of it because Ron isn't as uh, thoughtful about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll just take it as, 
She tells them both about the same information, but for Hermione, hey, I've got my essays done. I feel like uh, I've worked on my essays. Darn it! Like parses Harry's letters and like is trying to figure out like the subtext of what's going on, and so he like very subtly like hints at it for Hermione and Ron's just like and for Ronnie like actually gets closer to the truth. Mm -hmm. And. Dumbledore, God help him, gets closest to the truth. <laughs> For Dumbledore, it's, um, where is it? Yeah. The first thing is, I have a summer job. I know you wanted me to keep close to Privet Drive, but my relatives didn't exactly give me a choice. Yeah, it's mind, just like... <laughs> That's true. It's completely true. It's yeah, that's true. not telling the truth. Yep. So it's a lie of omission rather than a li- an outright lie. Lying by omission is not lying. Yep, that's the fl- that's the, th- the the Slytherin and Harry uh, pointing pointing out like you know just yeah. And I love that he says, "I think my link to Voldemort has changed since the tournament. It seems to be stronger. I'm getting. Um, I was up late. No one's around but me." Everybody's sleeping. I hear voices, and it turns out that it's Voldemort. He's angry because of some delay, and he wants to use something on Peter Pettigrew for some reason. Which jives with the information that Snape has. Right. And, yeah, so basically... um, Did we know that by book four? We knew. So Harry had the dream about the uh, about Frank Bryce dying. Oh, that's right. That's right. So yeah. we knew Harry had some sort of connection to Voldemort, but we didn't know about the Horcruxes or anything like that. Right. Mm. Right. 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 Also included letters for Professor Lupin and Snuffles. Yes. If you could please forward these for ones. them. Thank yeah. You yeah. Much. So Dumbledore fires up the magical facts, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Sends them over. Which I thought was freaking brilliant. <laughs> mm-hmm. The, so he yeah, he sends them on and on the other end of the world, wherever Remus and Sirius are on assignment right now, we get a ping and Remus reaches for the parchment because Sirius is resting. And it's a uh, letter from Harry. Hmm. Patty, wake up. Go away, Mooney. Okay, have it your way. You can read Harry's later. Later. Okay. I I do want to go back for a second because one of the things that I noted while um, Dumbledore is thinking about Harry um, is, you know, Harry um, is, you know, generally he has, you know, the traits that he shows means that, you know, the guardian generally encourage their kids to be creative, independent thinkers and short up their competence and feelings of self-worth. And then he goes, generally, unfortunately, this wasn't always the case. Sometimes these same qualities showed up in children who have been belittled or neglected. Staunch, persistent little souls, they somehow seemed to sense that they hadn't worth, no matter what was said, and were determined to show the world they had merit. Surely Harry didn't fall into the latter uh, category, category, or did he? It would certainly explain his most instinctive mistrust of authority figures. It's just like, you're only thinking about this now? I know, I know. So. Engage, dude, engage. 
Yes. And we also learned that Arabella is currently in the United States reporting from there at the moment. So she's not around Privet Drive either. Right. Yeah, to she be able to say, um, nobody's here. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, so back to Sirius and Remus are, I have been sent a letter and, you know, Remus is, is teasing Harry, uh, Sirius with it. Like, you know, Patty, wake up. Go away, Moody. Okay, have it your way then. Read Harry's letter later. Okay. What, Harry? <laughs> Just like, Harry, you remember, you know, nice kid about so high, black hair, green eyes, glasses. I know yeah. what he looks like, Mooney. What about him? Yeah, and so they get, he, their letter is probably the most vague because he doesn't know where they're going to be. Right. So he just says, I don't know when this letter is going to get to you, but I thought I'd write anyway. Things are okay. I've been working on my assignments. I have a summer job, so I'm keeping busy. Hope yeah. things are going well for you guys, wherever you are. Not much of a letter, but that's all. Bye. <laughs> but I would say their discussion afterwards is the most, re- they get the closest to what's going on. Um, because, you know, Lupin, you know, Sirius is worried about Harry and says, do you think he's okay, Mooney? And, you know, Remus goes, you know, it's kind of hard to tell with Harry. Like, right. you know, it's, he, they realize he that when he lot. has problems, he sit, he says little about them. So, like, yeah, and the, the less he's saying, the more there might be. <laughs> and Sirius reveals that if he does have a problem, you know, and tries to, um, and tries to reach out for help, if, you know, he, he basically doesn't want, you know, to bother anyone. Mm-hmm. And Padfoot is bothered because he's small. Um, yeah. And then we find out that about when the Dementors were on the train and when he's at the, when he's being examined and Madame Pomfrey says that Dementors are terrible things, especially to people that are delicate. And yeah, that just sets poor Harry off. Oh, I'm not that, yeah. delicate. Yeah. In front of Hermione. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, and, and Remus, you know, kind of backs him, uh, him up and, you know, you know, he's not d- delicate. He's tough as they come. Right. Um, yeah. But he thinks Harry's small because he's just inherited Lily's bone structure. Yeah, you that's know, logical. Genetics do work like that. Yes, they do. They do. And so then we have chapter eight. So a day out. So if you want to skim forward, if you don't like makeover stuff for Harry, I personally don't mind it as long as it's done well. But Harry goes by himself um, into Muggle London and rides the train to the Granger's uh, dental practice. Uh, Mrs. Granger or Dr. Granger is absolutely horrified that he's (laughs) never had a dental checkup. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, hmm, so what are all these things? Yeah, (laughs) he's never seen anything uh, like the dental scraping tools or the mirror or anything, so he's very curious and She's absolutely horrified and gives him a checkup right then and there. Yeah, which he passes with flying colors. Yes, he doesn't have a single cavity. And Yay, magical teeth. <laughs> Yay, magical teeth. Um, so then they go into London, um, and they get, you know, he, they, he gets an eye exam, and then they um, go and get clothes and new shoes because... Uh, he's only ha- ever had Dudleys, and because Dudley's so heavy, uh, he's never had proper real trainers. Right. Um, and then, you know, he gets clothes that fit, and 
Tom has given them a magical shopping bag that is both weightless and ever-expanding. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? And I, so this is one thing that I love. Dr. Granger, Helen, wonders absently if Hermione could make a bag like that for her. And it's just like, she did in book seven. I know. (laughs) She does. Brilliant. (laughs) And then Harry also... Harry also gets a haircut, and he's worried because every haircut he's ever had has not taken. Um, and Harry's, at any time that, you know, Petunia would take him and get him a really bad haircut at the cheapest place that she could find. It would all just grow back. Yeah, it, it would all just grow back. Bad. Yeah. But yeah, this one he actually sucks. likes. <laughs> so it stays. It kind of stays. Yeah. Um, and so... He makes Helen promise that he, she won't tell him, or sorry, she won't tell Hermione about Harry's new, um, new look. Yeah. And he wants it to be a surprise. Other thing that happens is Harry gets color changing contacts, which were brand new during this, like the uh, in in the mid nineties. So like they were all the rage. I know a couple people who who had them. So it was very I like. Vaguely remember those. Yeah. They're still around. It's just, you know, not as popular. It was a huge oh, trend. Apparently they do now have, you know, like those glasses that get dark when you go outside? They yes. have contacts that do that now that just concept freaks me out. Huh. I don't think that would drive me nuts. That, I would not mind them. I'm not very good at sunglasses, though, so I don't no. know. So, um, he so comes, yeah. He, he's a completely changed soul when he gets yeah. down from this. He looks completely different. Um, so yeah, basically he, um, he goes back to the leaky cauldron, though Helen doesn't know that. And Helen, you know, wakes up from a nap after being completely exhausted by their day out. And Hermione Hermione, is back. Hermione couldn't go with her because it was a daddy Hermione day. It was a daddy daughter day. Yeah. I love how everybody's missing each other by that much. Missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, isn't that what life is like? You miss it by that much until know, you hit it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. And Harry's been very careful to, oh, well, my aunt and uncle just aren't available right now. And yeah. uh, if you, uh, sure, we'll leave you some time to get to London from Surrey <laughs> yes. <laughs> before meeting. Yeah. Which he takes to go to the bank, which we'll hit in a little bit. But right now they're talking about what's happening at the Riddle House. Um, and the Riddle House has kind of now become the thing to stay away from. Is that where we yes, are? Yes, the very beginning of Chapter 9 is the okay. Riddle House. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, so good, because I'm ready to go to sleep. We, we, yeah. So we've, we've switched the Riddle House, and it's now the place to stay away from because years and years ago, the riddle were killed, all killed mysteriously. And the only person that was suspected of it, um, died in the same house years and years later. In the same way. Mm. In the same way. And it's just like, mm, we are going to be stay away from this place. Um, and, and the more pragmatic people are going, well, you know, it's old and nobody's been taking care of it. So it's obviously, you know, structural problems and you don't want to be there anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and 
We've got Voldemort and Nagini and Peter Pettigrew all and hanging I, out. So I, I will say um, the the last question before we switch to what, what's really happening is, was it possible to be scared to death? And it is. It is possible. You basically go into cardiac arrest. Arrest, yeah. Uh-huh. Although I will say that their ruminations on, how do you pronounce the name, Merope or Merope? I say Merope. Yeah. Merope, okay. I don't know why, but I just found it really, really and, funny. Yeah. It, it, the, um, basically... The wild speculation that maybe she's gone off and got pregnant somewhere and died, and uh, other people are going, no, no, she's, you know, just got her life together and some, gone somewhere else, or, you know, all these other possibilities, and just somebody happens to have hit on the right thing. There was a... Yeah, there was a story about... Or, um, speculation about you know, t- uh, her, like, you know, somehow bewitching him and now she's pregnant and, and, uh, Tom Riddle has abandoned them. Yeah. So, yeah. So now we switch to Tom Marvolo Riddle, AKA Voldemort. Um, he's trying to fake it with all his death eaters because he's actually really, um, he's still sick. Right. Um, yeah the whole graveyard thing really wore him out. And so then he just had them all set things up at the riddle place. And like, yes, I'm supervising. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just sit over here. Yeah. And so none of them suspect it wouldn't be proper for him to lift a, lift a hand, lift a finger. Yeah. Yes, master. It's my honor to serve you. And so Peter is his full-time service servant. So Peter's the only one who really knows. Yeah. And he's expendable. Snape's he doesn't have to go back somewhere. Right. A potion that will be ready by week's end. Mm-hmm. Hopefully will make him feel better. And they've reported that um, Arthur and Amos are trying to figure out what's happening about what happened in the graveyard. But Trying to get but, more of the ministry on side with maybe Voldemort really is back. And, yeah, of, of what actually happened. And Fudge is, like, adamant that it didn't happen. And the Triwizard Tournament was barely reported on. It's getting hushed up. Um, and Cedric wasn't even mentioned. Um, yeah, which is will burn his father. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it'll, it'll Voldemort is gleeful too. about for some reason, so he's going to try and leverage that in some way. But and Harry is no longer Jim. He is now Sparky. Yes. <laughs> because he makes things sparkling clean. He makes things sparkle. Um, and it's, you know, he's, he's gained a reputation around Di- Diagon Alley of being a really hard worker mm-hmm. and bright and, you know, a, a good kid. Um, yeah. And so it's he's kind two weeks of... now since he was... First showed up at the Leaky Cauldron. So. He's enjoying being Jim Patterson and and not you know Harry Potter you know because Absolutely. he gets to he gets to earn his reputation rather than it just being kind of thrust upon him. Um, and mm-hmm. he realizes it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And he he thinks about which I kind of like. It doesn't actually get addressed in canon, but, well, I guess because nothing actually happens to the Dursleys, but he's like, I'm more sad about Cedric, who's a guy I only really knew for half a year, than I am about losing the Dursleys, who I lived with for 12. Yeah. Yeah. That's because Cedric was a Hufflepuff. Yes, well, I mean, mean, he knew him for 
since his first year. I think they were only friends for about six months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's, he, he realizes that after he's cried and let, he's processed it, he's let it go. He doesn't care about the Dursleys anymore. They're not his home anymore. And I think I had canon that this is the moment that the um, blood bonds break. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. once he recognizes that they're not his family and his, that it's not his home, that's when the, the, the um, protection uh, stops. Why did that not happen in canon? But because, I think because he never because, thought of them as home. No, he did. But I but, think that that's not true in this story because the clock goes to unknown as he's leaving. Mrs. Oh, that's Biggs. true. No, no, because it's it's it doesn't say home. It says number four, perfect drive. Yeah, or maybe it does. It I just. Don't. It was, yeah, four Privet Drive, and then Wisteria Walk, yeah. and then he just got somewhere that it, he stopped traveling. He was now so, at the Cauldron. I know it's not clock, doesn't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So unknown is just unidentified by the clock. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of headcanon that that this is this is always the moment in fic when the um, the bond breaks, the, the protection charms right. break. Because mm-hmm. one, it, it, it's identified in canon that Harry had to consider on some level the Dursleys as family and number four Perfect Drive as home. And yeah. as soon as he stopped doing that entirely, it's, it, it, that's when it, it broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Although it would be interesting to see a fic where it happens like somewhere but in the middle of first year and Dumbledore's like, what? I, I don't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it. It would be very interesting to be, you know, if, if you know, after Harry goes to the Weasleys and Harry's, like, you know, become, I'm imagining, like, Harry being made by the twins. And, like, in that moment when, like, you know, they make Harry an honorary, like, the protections break. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we're moving on a little. Harry trying to hide his scar because he's working. Yeah. So he's got to hide the scar, and he's tried all kinds of different things. He's tried magic. He's tried a glamour charm. He's tried a special mark remover. Mark yeah. remover. A, that's a, a muggle him. concealer. It doesn't work. Like he goes well, and gets well, makeup, and so that doesn't work. I love um, the concept of mark remover. Uh-huh. It is mm-hmm. twenty-four hour guaranteed to cover anything waterproof. Sweatproof won't come off until you take it off. Concealing potion. And it's not illegal, but it's got dubious reputations because right. it covers everything, including the dark mark. And he can't take it because he's allergic to it. Is that right? Am I remembering He's that? got yeah. mild gets, allergy it, to it. So it he gives can him a rash. Him. Yeah. It gives him a rash. So he can use it for a couple hours. So he, I, from what I remember, it never references it, but the assumption is that he goes out for sh- short trips to kind of be like, I'm not Harry Potter. Yeah, but uh, well, he, when he's working around the alley, he just wears a headband. Yeah, so and when he covers he's, his scar and it works just fine. <laughs> I thought that was great. That was <laughs> yeah. that sold me on this fic. The fact the fact that Harry Potter is is hiding because of color contacts, a haircuts. And a sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. These are all, mu- like, he hides because of muggle solutions. <laughs> yep. Harry's gone 80s. <laughs> Except his headband is black instead of neon. Yes. Well, it's because I, the, the black headband, like, you know, kind of blends in with his hair. 
So they can't mm-hmm. tell that it's a headband yeah. rather than hair. They don't, yeah, Did no. a Harry Potter musical exist yet? No. 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 <laughs> this was so way we... before any of that. I didn't yeah. I didn't think it did, but Yeah. So, and so yeah, it's, it's kind of like it was just one of, one of those moments of just like, you know, you're you're reading Harry Potter and you're in, entrenched in this world of magic and Harry Potter hides because of muggle crap. Mm-hmm. But that's the best way to hide in the magic because yes. they don't think about the muggle crap. Right. So it works out. <laughs> He does actually have a magical headband because it's only one layer of cloth, but it's super it's, absorbent and breathes well, and all yes, that stuff. It, the, the, but, it, but basically, it's, it's a like, muggle thing. Right. It's it, the, There's nothing special about the headbands that's going to prevent yeah. them from being like, oh, look, a scar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Voldemort was hiding under the turban all year. Nobody knows. That's true. That's true, too. <laughs> Muggle things, you gotta pay attention to those. And I, so this is when he gets, uh, the nickname Sparky and, and explains the fact that it's because it just sparkles. Yeah, um, he cleaned Florian's fortitude so well. Yeah. You um, can eat off the floor. And I love that, um, he's, he goes, I, he supposes that if he was to have a nickname, Sparky wasn't so bad. It beat the heck out of boy, Scarhead, worthless, abnormal freak at any rate. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Sirius will think of it, of it, Harry thought with a quiet snicker, then arched an eyebrow as he remembered how the had come by their nicknames. I wonder if I have an Animagus form and if it would fit my nickname. That would be so cool, but what kind of animal does Sparky imply? Harry worked it a few more minutes and then shot shirt with a derisive snort. Oh, yes, I can see it now. Harry Potter the, the Firefly. Firefly. Now, that's, that's a right manly form, that is. I'm sorry I asked. Yeah. <laughs> good for sneaking. Very good for sneaking. That's true. So, Tom's very ple- pleased about all the various reports of Harry's freelance, but he's impressed with him. Yep. Um, and then all of a sudden, Hedwig's there, and right behind Hedwig is... Fox. Hedwig's dragging Hedwig Harry into plot. his room, yes. and in Harry's room is Fox. Mm-hmm. And I and do pig. love, yeah, and Pig. So there's Fox, Pig, and Hedwig. Mm-hmm. And there we will leave you. And Patches. All the animals. Who's probably wanting to chase Pigwig around? Yes. I would chase Fox. Fox is probably bigger than the cat, but. Mm-hmm. It would be just about right yep. to go chase. Yep, but Fox is definitely the episode one cliffhanger. <laughs> What's he doing here? And how did he find him? The jig is up, thinks Harry. And we will find out what's in the box next week. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Trisha and Mooney were all that excited about this in the beginning. Do you guys feel a little better about it? Or are you still on? It's not my favorite. Getting there, but it's probably not going to be my favorite. It's okay. I don't no, care if it's... And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It's good when we have conflicting views. It gives us a little you bit more... You can hate it. it for all I care. I just, you know, this is... It, okay. my, my My excitement over this is not necessarily that it's one that I think everyone's going to love. It's just that it's one that I've, you know, been trying to get everyone to read because it's got some interesting points at the very least. Yeah. And, Everyone's just like, well, no, I won't read it because it's abandoned. Right. So. And it doesn't have a yes. definitive end- ending. This is a work in progress fic. We didn't actually say that at the beginning. I think but- it is. Yes, we did. It is. Yes, we did. 
it's abandoned and and a whip so it's it's kind of like one of those things where they i did choose, oh my do, goodness so they do i'm sorry no 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 i'm no i'm laughing at, at myself because when i'm like yeah he got abandoned by his parents and then i didn't realize you were talking about the story himself <laughs> Yes, the thick was abandoned. Well, it wouldn't be a whip if it's a bit abandoned. It's but it been gets to a, a pretty decent it, stopping so point. She, she ends an arc, and you can kind of tell that she wants to continue, but she doesn't know where to go from there. So kind of in my head, like, it ends where the arc ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's what we're going to do. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, we're not going to. We're not going to continue on to the next arc. So the last chapter is when the next arc uh, continues. We're, uh, we're not going to. We're not going to read that. We're just going to read at the at the end of the arc. That and explains then, the schedule. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But and apparently, I missed. Gonna... I missed a week, Mooney. So there's, yeah. the schedule's not right. I when I put okay. it together, I missed. Okay. So for those at home reading along, do not read chapter thirty-six. You can if you want to, but it it it'll pick up an arc that will go nowhere. Um, I prefer to read it till 35 and then just stop reading because it ends in a great place. You know, it, it, it's the kind of thing where if she didn't include 36, it would be a nice pick. It would be a good, Hmm. it would be a complete story. Um, so yeah, Hmm. it's, um, I, I'm very excited just because there's a lot of things coming. A lot of this in one through nine is set up. So there's a lot of stuff that seems cliche because a lot of authors came in afterwards and did Harry going shopping or, you know, other things that were starting to get popular at this time. Um, I, and then there's a lot of stuff that's setting up, up things to come yeah. that I've never. We're just starting to see the yeah. beginning of the plot. At this I've, point. I've never. So there are things in this that I've never seen before. And I, I, I never saw again within Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, that I thought were very interesting takes on, on what we knew of the plot in book four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so one of the. So stay tuned. So stay so tuned. You can find out what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or read the entire thing, uh, like some of us, and stay up all night. There you go. And on, <laughs> on that note, since I know it's getting late for some of us and some dinner yet, we're going to sign off. Find us on potterpickweekly.com or on Facebook in the Poofwa group. That's P-O-U-F-W-A. And check us out next time. Yes. Good night. Good night, Good night everybody. Night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.